0: Learn more at marines.com. Running the option on first down, Hagan has it, he has Rome, he's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way, Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Oh, got it, oh, McKinley Wright.
1: Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Davidson's (laughs) Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Um, I'm Henry, and this is my podcast where I talk about the Colorado Buffaloes. There's a lot to talk about today. Um, Before we jump in, here's kind of the game plan. I'm recording this a little bit after the football schedule dropped, but I want to talk about the Arizona State game that's going on tonight. Um, on the podcast because when you guys listen to this on Friday, that's what you're going to want to hear about. So I'm going to record like half of this podcast. Then I'm going to run over to Blake Street Tavern to watch the basketball game. And then after that, I'm going to come back here and record the rest of the podcast And then that's where I'm going to talk about the basketball game. So if that's all you want to hear about, then feel free to skip ahead. But I think there's a lot of other interesting stuff going on today, including that my microphone smells funny, but there just is not enough time to dig into that right now. Um, Let's start with this football schedule. The football schedule was released today about 3 o'clock. The Pac-12 schedule and the Buffs schedule at the same time. It was coordinated. I didn't know... It was coming, and so I went into a panic, um, writing and like trying to figure it out and getting something up quickly. That just ended. the The getting it up quickly ended. The panic is still ongoing. That's going to take a couple minutes to clear out. But um, let's talk about it. Uh, it, it. I I just gave all of my predictions. So if you want my like in depth, like I guess what it's twelve hundred about, like a hundred words per game. Um, Breakdown with my predictions who wins, then you can get on to the DNVR website and read all of that. And uh, that would be my recommendation. Uh, but you know what? Since this is a podcast, and I want to talk about... Let's just dig in. I don't know what I'm saying right now. Okay, uh, game one. September 5th at Colorado State. That's the season opener. We knew it was the season opener. They're playing at Canvas Stadium. I don't know if Canvas is like a sponsor or if it just kind of looks canvasy or if he was like... A guy in Fort Collins who is worthy of having a stadium named after him. Seems kind of weird for somebody from Fort Collins to have that. Um, most are not worthy of much. But uh, that's where the season's going to start. As we knew, it's going to be the end of this Rocky Mountain Showdown series that's lasted since, I think, 1995 until 2020. And then there's going to be a couple years off, and we'll get back to it in 2023 in Boulder. There have been a lot of Rocky mountain showdowns. I looked through how many and didn't want to count them. I'm sure Wikipedia would just tell you, but, uh, like, yeah, the last time they didn't play was 1994. I think before that they played like 1991 and there was like a stretcher. They played, I don't know. Um, pretty crazy that it's going to end. Uh, I feel good about this game, though. I'll tell you that right now. I really do think that Colorado will beat Colorado State, as they probably should. They're a Power 5 school, playing little brother. Things get weird sometimes. I really, really like that Dante Wright from uh, CSU. He's so speedy. Uh, We we saw his kind of breakout uh, in the Rocky Mountain Showdown last year. He was a freshman All-American. Uh, first time ever that a true freshman's made that team from Colorado State. That was just announced last week. He's, he's fun. Uh, he's also kind of scary if you let him get loose. I, I'm confident in this Buffs defense, but I, that's actually kind of a tough start for him, in my opinion, um, just because there's a guy who can take off and dominate a game. You know, we, we talked about this uh in the Oregon State game. Uh the basketball game. No, that wasn't Oregon State. I'm sorry. That was uh with Timmy from Utah. Timmy Allen. Not Tim Allen, uh from The Shaggy Dog and also he was Santa Claus, like the the bad version. I can't remember. I haven't seen those movies in forever. But uh Timmy Allen pretty much just runs that whole Utah team and if you shut him down you're good. If you let him go then there's a good chance that Utah could give you a fight that's kind of how I see Dante uh, right as well Um, he's he's gonna be a challenge and again I I really like this Buffs defense I think this Buffs defense is going to be one of the best I know this sounds like an overreaction and over exaggeration that's just an exaggeration Um, but the Buffs' defense could be close to as good as the rise year. It might be as good. They have the pieces, assuming assuming Antonio Alfano gets that waiver cleared. But it, it, it just like in 2019, it might not come together right away. I don't think it's going to take until week 10 or week 9 or whenever it happened uh, in 2019. I think it's probably like a week 3 type deal. But... Whatever it is, as long as it's not week one, that's going to be cause for concern against Colorado State. Again, my money would be on the Buffs just running away with this one. Uh, That's kind of Colorado State's path to a win, though. Okay, we're going to do something weird and take a little break in this. Um, (laughs) Because I really do not want to forget, but Taylor Korniak, who you guys may remember, the midfielder for the Buffs who came on this show in September that was a long time ago uh she was drafted today in the NWSL draft that's like the women's soccer league North American women's soccer league I believe is the acronym initialism it's an initialism it's an acronym if you say it it's an initialism if you just say the initials so like uh FBI that's an initialism but uh HIPAA that's an acronym because you say it H-I-P-A-A HIPAA um learning things but uh she was drafted today to the orlando pride uh which is super super exciting she was actually the third overall pick in the draft um which is insane uh there are over 300 division one soccer programs uh women's soccer programs and she was the third player selected um She was so much fun to work with, incredible to watch, set all of the records at CU as you'd expect, considering she did all that and was drafted where she was. Um, But, yeah, it was cool to see that actually go through. Um, Also, the Orlando Pride where she's playing, that's where Erin Greening, who you might remember, played for the Buffs. That's where she is. She was drafted there last year. Um, Orlando is also, like, if you guys are following the Women's World Cup, Alex Morgan plays there. Ashlyn Harris plays there. Allie Krieger um also marta the brazilian like one of the best female soccer players ever owns like a whole bunch of the international records she plays there it's pretty cool um jj tompkins the goalkeeper who we also had in the podcast didn't get drafted uh which is disappointing i'm not sure what her plan is yet uh whether she can still sign with the team and get like a trial whether she's going to europe um I can say that she she was supposed to be like a fringe. It's only a four round draft with nine teams, so there really aren't that many spots. Um, and if you think of goalkeepers, they typically play longer uh, in terms of just like the the length of their career, which means the jobs don't open up very often, and uh, it makes it really tough to to land one of those spots. Uh, most of the places I was looking before the draft, and I was trying to get prep for this stuff, had JJ typically the third ranked uh keeper in this draft class but uh I didn't go back and see how many were actually drafted but I would guess it was two because uh she didn't get chosen uh, again we'll see what happens with her um but Taylor was drafted which is pretty crazy third overall um wow and Alex Morgan was like tweeting there today which makes sense because they're teammates now I don't know just wait to see me get hyped about Visca it's probably going to be twice this bad um Back to what we were talking about, though, which is uh, the schedule that dropped today. Again, starts September 5th at Colorado State. Got to feel good about that one. Then September 12th versus Fresno State, the home opener, Mountain West School, which, uh, you know, we we have some opinions on that kind of stuff here. Uh, Usually when we talk about the Rocky Mountain Showdown, is it good for the Buffs? It's it's a chance to lose and be kind of an embarrassing loss. Um, the win doesn't count for much, but when you're fighting for bowl eligibility, giving yourself a couple of division one wins, or uh, FBS wins that are easier than pay, playing power five schools. That's a, that's a pretty good situation. It, it hurts in the rankings. It hurts national perception if you blow that game, but also, I mean, you should be coming out of these first two games, two and zero, Uh, and I think that the bowl game has to be the, the, the target this season. Um, you know, and it was the target last year, but I think, you know, I had them going five and seven. Um, this year, uh, not to spoil it, but I have them making a bowl game. Uh, so so the expectation should change. I think uh, how excited we get if we, they make it to a bowl game uh, should be just a tiny bit less, given that that's kind of the expectation. No, we should still be excited uh, in terms of giving this coaching staff, giving this team like props. Um, it's what they should be doing now instead of, Oh, wow. I hope that's what happens and we're going to knock them harder. If they uh, don't get that done again, Fresno state, um, only four and eight last season, but they took Minnesota, Minnesota finished 10th, um, in, in the entire country to two overtimes. Um, so that would make you think they're better than a four win mountain West school. They also played a one score game against USC, um, I wouldn't overlook them right away, you know. The replacing the quarterback, there's a lot of transition-y stuff happening. But you know, it's it's a college football game. I I, I do think that Colorado has to be a pretty heavy favorite there. Then things get really tough. Um, all of a sudden you're jumping from, a, you know, kind of the the lower tier FBS teams to uh, the SEC. Uh, we're going to uh. Play at Texas A&M. It's going to be tough Uh, on September 19th. And again, this is another one that we knew already. We knew the non-conference schedule. But uh, again, you know the Aggies were only eight and five. They weren't one of like the powers of the SEC. Um, I think the SEC teams do get overhyped. As somebody who's kind of knew this, I, I and I say that in a way that I hope you take it as. All of you guys who've been watching a lot of Power Five football, you've been watching a lot of Pac twelve football. Um, you've also been rooting for Pac twelve school. If you feel like you're you're saying SEC is, oh, let's see, the SEC is overrated, but you aren't really sure about it. As somebody who is not really tied to any of that, it's definitely true. Um, I, I I do think that these middle tier SEC teams they they might be I mean they're definitely better than the middle tier Pac-12 teams at the moment but uh by no means is Texas A&M un- unbeatable you know like I said they were 8 and 5 last year all five of their losses came to teams that were ranked in the top 10 at the time um I think that the lowest ranked now is Auburn at 14th um they also didn't beat uh uh a ranked opponent and a lot of their wins were against teams that, you know, I just wasn't impressed by. I didn't think they were good football teams. Uh, so I, I do think that there's a chance that Texas, Texas A&M really does fit on the same tier that Colorado's in. Um, I, odds are they probably are the better football team. Um, especially when you consider the quarterback situation for Colorado, things are just getting adjusted. Colorado is going to be heading down there after, uh, Playing a couple Mountain West schools, I haven't. I didn't look at who Texas A and M plays before this, but also Kellen Mond is going to be back at quarterback for A and M. Um, he's somebody who I really thought would be headed to the draft, but he had kind of an underwhelming season. Good chance he bounces back, and uh, you know what? There, there you go. That's that's going to be a fun one. That's one that probably could go either way. I think you have to give the edge to the Aggies though. Then conference play starts. Uh, still no bye week. This is September 26th against Oregon. At Oregon. No, home against Oregon. I'm sorry. Uh, in Boulder. Still probably... I mean, or- Oregon finished the season ranked 5th. They're consistently around that range. They have to be your number one seed going into the season. There's a there's the question about who the quarterback is. There are a couple of questions, but every team has questions. Um Oregon has probably the least. So that's going to be a tough one. I really don't have too much to add here because you guys know Oregon pretty well. Um, I would pencil this in as a loss. Uh, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I kind of think that you just get that out of the way. You know, this season, the 2019 season, we all knew that the Buffs were ending the season going to Utah and that that game was going to be not unwinnable, But pretty close to unwinnable. And every time we're talking about the potential to make a bowl game, we're saying, well, you kind of have to get that done earlier. Um, Let's get the toughest game of the season out of the way early. uh, See where this team is at. And that's really the part that I like most. You play at Texas A&M. You play against Oregon, two good football teams. And then you get a bye week on October 3rd. You get a chance to evaluate what, likely went wrong against two good football teams and try to fix it going down into the rest of the conference schedule um it's it's a lot easier to evaluate your flaws and 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 your strengths as well when you're going up against big time opponents you come out of the CSU game you might think oh wow our defense looks great you know like I was I was looking at a the film for 2018 in that, in that first game of the season, that Colorado state game, I thought the 2018 offensive line was incredible. They, they were pushing around all the Rams. I was like, wow, it's opening holes everywhere. And then we get to week two and it's like, Oh, you actually don't know. So, so when you do get to go up against these very, very strong football programs, it gives you a more true test of your strengths and your weaknesses. And then now you have a week to, uh, week to identify those and to get them fixed without having to worry about game planning or any of that. I would also say that this is probably a spot where you expect to see some changes. Um, you know if if it's not Brendan Lewis who's starting to begin the year, it might be Brendan Lewis who's starting after this bye week. Um, maybe this is where we start to see a shake up in the running back rotation or maybe one of the young receivers gets a shot to step in. Uh, this that's kind of how they use the bye week this year. it was as a chance to, reevaluate um guys in a more camp like setting in a in a setting where you're letting guys go against each other and try to beat each other it's ones v ones it's two v twos um and not just all this game planning stuff and a, a couple guys won jobs out of it i think mark perry might have won a job out of one of those um who else off the top of my head i can't remember um, but yeah, it's also true that bye week came a little bit later in the season, uh, which means that there was more time for guys to kind of separate more guys for guys or more time for guys to develop and actually become players worth putting on the field. Uh, but I would still expect to see some pretty significant changes there. Uh, then you come back with a Friday game at Arizona, which I think I like here, um, it kind of shortens that whole buy experience. Instead of going 14 days before between games, you go 13, but then that next week you get one extra off day or one extra practice day or one extra day in the filler room or however you want to use that day. Um, it's almost like a double buy week. And I think that that will be, uh, great for them. Uh, note for the game at Arizona on October 9th is that Khalil Tate has graduated. So that, is probably pretty good for Colorado Um, Colorado's the better football team in this one uh, and that's good to know and in in the same way that Dante Wright for Colorado State or that Timmy guy from Utah can just take over a game and change things Cleo Tate had some of that in him Um, he didn't do it consistently that's why he's not going to get drafted that's why he wasn't a Heisman contender but the couple of times when he did take over he could just beat you he was one of the very few, maybe the only guy at Arizona who could do that. Um, feel good about this one. I like having this game on the road. I think it's a game that you can win on the road, um, which gives you just a little bit more upside in your season. October 17th, back on the Saturday, so that this is where that extra day comes into play. Uh, October 17th, you're home against UCLA, so you don't even have to travel out of that bye week. I, I love that. You do the traveling in the bye week. It kind of shortens that, but it's worth it. Um, my my first note, uh, in in the story, I'm just going through the story and taking a couple pieces. But a uh, first note is quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson will be a junior in 2020. Isn't that crazy? Like to think about. He still seems like a a young guy, like one of the new, uh, new young quarterbacks, but growing up um I do think that UCLA is going to be improved this year uh it's it's going to be disappointing not having Josh Kelly I think this offense can really take off finally um I guess we saw bits and pieces of that last year but a lot of it was built off of just pounding the ball with Josh Kelly I think they can open it up now they have so many speedy little receivers um I like it uh I still think that Colorado should have the edge here uh i definitely think that colorado should have the edge here Uh, they just have like a full football team might the the quarterback is still a question mark and and that's what makes this so tough is that uh if if uh brendan lewis or whoever ends up being the quarterback plays well then you're off and running then flip that texas a&m game then uh probably don't flip that oregon game um you know, but but that's kind of what it looks like. But also, if he doesn't pan out, then beating Arizona on the road is going to be tough. Uh, beating UCL at home is going to be tough. The, the way I expect it to go, though, is for this to be a, honestly, pretty competitive game. But I, I like Colorado's chances. I think this defense has come together by then. Um, then you're at home again against Arizona State. This one's tough. And I think this is tougher than a lot of people will realize especially early on but Jaden Daniels is something special at quarterback Uh, he's going to be a thing for a while not just in college football but in the NFL just the touch on those deep balls Um, he's he's a special player and in his second year I think he's going to take a step forward and I think he's going to bring this Arizona State team with him Um, looking through the schedule leading up to this I think they play Two tough games. I think they play BYU and they play USC before this. Um, say they win one, lose one. They're probably 5-1 and one coming into Boulder October 24th. Uh, Colorado's homecoming. So <laughs> take that for what it's worth. Um, I, I do think that Arizona probably gets revenge for Colorado knocking them out of the rankings in Tempe last year. Tempe? Yeah, they're Tempe. All this Pac-12 stuff. Uh, next week, uh, October 31st, which is Halloween. I didn't make a Halloween joke. I should have made a Halloween joke in here. Uh, I didn't even think about it. I, I could have played that off and pulled one out for the, p- for the podcast, too. Oh, well. Um, so, USC, good football team. Uh, they also have a quarterback in Kaden Slovis. I think that he... Uh, I think he's third in the Heisman odds right now. And they're definitely overinflated because he's a USC guy. Uh, He did play very well this year as a freshman. Deserves some credit. And I think he's another quarterback who's going to be very good. But that's a bit rich for me there at third. Um, Also, Mike Bone. uh, And I don't think I've ever said his name out loud. That has to be how you say it. Uh, Mike Bone who was the athletic director at CU from 20, 20 2005 to 2013 uh is now the athletic director at USC adds a little more intrigue there um but i i would uh i would again take uh USC in this one they they're, they're going to be good and they have those receivers you never know especially Especially after the way this year went, this could be the time, after 14 losses, that Colorado finally gets the Trojans. I'm just not ready to predict that quite yet, though. Um, Washington State on November 7th. This is a lot of games in the row. Um, only one bye this season. That's tough. Actually, before we get into Washington State, I should tell you about Breckenridge Brewery, which is incredible uh, for a bunch of different reasons. I'm going to get a couple of those tonight at Blake Street Tavern to watch the Arizona State game. Again, that is the best place to watch Buffs road games. Uh, it's owned by a Buff. It's operated by a Buff and his manager a Buff. Um, this is like a CU bar in Denver, which is great. It's where everybody goes. We're going to pack it with Buff fans. Everybody's going to be going wild again Um I can't explain how crazy that Dayton game was there or the first Arizona State game when there were hundreds of us. Um, Everybody's high-fiving and running around. I don't know. It's a good time. It's it's a great atmosphere to watch college sports. And who knows who's going to be there? Probably a couple past buffs. Uh, Who knows? Who knows? It's going to be a blast, though, and hopefully I see a couple of you out there. Um, Breckenridge beers is what I'm also talking about, and they are incredible and you should be drinking them if you're not already drinking them. They're they're not all that expensive. If you're going to get a Coors Light, unless you're like in a stadium or something where they, they just charge you like $6 more for real beer, like anywhere else. And even then it's worth it. I mean, I always get the Avalanche at the Pepsi Center anyway. But uh, if you're going to the store, just get yourself what you deserve. Breckenridge beers. So much better. Um... I'm actually going to cut this off here, go jump in the shower, head to Blake Street Tavern, and I will be back in a little bit to talk about these last few games and also the Buffs basketball game, which is going to be so much fun. So much fun. Um, I'll see you then. This is going to be weird for you, for you to have like the time jump or no time jump for me to have the time jump and try to not have totally different energy. Okay. Uh, bye. Okay, I'm back. Um, There's obviously a lot to get to with that basketball game, but before we do that, I want to talk uh, about the rest of the schedule, and we're going to kind of fly through the rest because there's a lot to say, um, because it's really exciting, not just what happened with the Buffs, but what happened all around the Pac-12, a whole bunch of good things for Colorado, and we're going to break those all down in a minute. But first, we're going to jump back into the buff schedule, starting with Washington State, which is where we left off like uh, four and a half hours ago, or actually even more than that. Okay. Uh, Scrolling down, and I can't find it. Scrolling up, UCLA, Arizona. Nope, already went through those. USC. Oh, there it is. Washington State. Okay. Uh, November 7th. This game's interesting. Uh, I do think I like where it falls. You know, it it could be a tough road trip to go play at USC. That's not a place where Colorado's historically had much success at all. Um, but this should be a pretty friendly matchup coming back home to Boulder to take on Washington state and watching Washington state obviously will be without Mike Leach, which will be a big, big change. Um, that, that air raid system can be kind of tough to phase out. Uh, I think a big reason why Washington State went with Hawaii's Nick Rolovich is because his run and shoot offense has a lot of similarities. Um, a lot of similarities, not just in like the breakdown between passing and running, but also uh, similarities in what players are asked to do. Um, so maybe there won't be quite as big a change, except that you have to remember Mike Leach is one of the best coaches in the country, and Nick Rolovich, you know, he's he's still on his way to that point um moving up from Hawaii to Washington State I do think that uh Washington State t- does take a step back this should be a win for Colorado at home I think um but again you never know especially with how young this Colorado team sh- still probably should be uh then November 14th at Stanford. Um, This is where things kind of start to get tough. You go at Stanford, then at Washington, then versus Utah to end the season. Um, This is where only having the one bye week really hurts you. Uh, Everybody's bodies are kind of ground down. And these are some very physical football teams that Colorado is going to be playing late in the season. Um, And again, that starts with Stanford. Uh, Probably the most favorable of the matchups, even though it is on the road. Um, They're losing... uh, They're losing KJ Costello, their quarterback. They're losing uh, Cameron Scarlett. Uh, They're they're big running back, big bruising running back. Uh, Those are going to be tough losses to overcome. Um, I think... I, I, I Again, they were only 4-8, and eight. and I do think that they'll probably win more games than that this year, but I don't think that this is one of them. I think that this matchup really does favor Colorado. Um, and then at Washington, this is another tough one. Washington, one of the top programs in the Pac-12 over the last few years but then Chris Peterson steps down. I think he still has a role in the athletic department somewhere. I'm not sure exactly where, but he isn't the coach. He isn't running the program. They're losing their quarterback. Um, yeah, uh, I think that this is potentially another road win for Colorado, but again, with everybody's body wearing down the second last game of the season, you're on the road. I could see easily how this wouldn't be. Um, I don't know. It's going to be a tough one. And then again, you 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 close out the season against Utah at home this time. I don't think Utah will be what they were this year. I don't think they're competing for a spot in the college football playoff, but I do think they're still going to be, you know, one of one of the better teams in the Pac-12. Um It's going to be a tough game. It's at home at least, but Again, this is a very good football team. Even if they are losing a couple pieces, they're still bringing back their quarterback. You know, uh, it's a tough way to end the season, but in my mind... We still probably pencil in the loss here in the same way that we pencil one in against Oregon. And if, if you have to write off two games, I think those are probably pretty good places to write them off. Um, at the start of the conference schedule, at the end of the conference schedule. Uh, it means that there's a whole lot of open space in the middle. Um, I don't know. I, I do like how it sets up. You know, if Colorado's bodies are going to be wearing down, they're, they're more likely to lose these games late in the season. Make the last game, the game where they're probably going to have the toughest time competing, a a game that they probably wouldn't win anyway. Uh, Play that Oregon game before everybody gets sharp offensively, sharp defensively. Everybody knows their roles. Everybody's executing because you're probably going to lose it anyway because they have so much talent. They're just ahead of where Colorado is at this point. In two, three years, sure. Sure. Then, then those games are competitive. Then you want those really tough games in situations where you can win them and you want to have your easier games in those situations where you probably just pencil in a loss because of circumstance. Colorado isn't there yet. Uh, that's the biggest takeaway. And so I do like how the schedule lines up in that way. I, I see the path to seven wins, eight wins. If I if I had to pick a number, I'd probably say between six and seven is most likely. Uh, and I'd probably lean seven over six um but definitely six over eight uh that's that's what i see at least so if you guys have any thoughts um as always hit the comment section and let me know uh if i'm wrong okay jumping into this basketball game now um where to even start uh there are a lot of things that can be said um the big news obviously is that colorado won that's what's important Colorado won 68-61. Um, they were in control for most of the second half. You know They kind of struggled early on. Oh, we'll get there. The important part, you know, they, they pulled ahead. It was kind of similar to the first game against Arizona State in that the Buffs just kind of had this consistent 10-point lead. Uh, it started to disappear there for a second, and then Colorado kind of clamped things back down and finished it all out. Um, early in the game, they struggled a little bit. Uh, they they could only make threes, which was kind of weird to watch. Lucas Seward had like nine of their first 12 points um, with three three-pointers. I think Shane Gatling had the other three, and they couldn't get much going. Part of the reason for that was the Arizona State threw a zone at him early on, and it caused some problems again. Um, I'm, I think I'm confic- officially concerned about that. Um, when Oregon State threw the zone at him and had like the big comeback 24-5 run, uh, I, I thought it could be kind of a fluky thing. I thought that maybe they just weren't expecting it. They didn't react well. It was just like a strange circumstance that happened and they didn't handle it well and they would the next time. We haven't really seen them handle it well yet, um, I I do think that that's probably the game plan now. If you're going up against Colorado, you you play zone defense. You change the way they have to think because – They've learned how to beat man defense, and it took them a while. They, they struggled beating man as well for a lot of the season. If you think back, we were really disappointed in how this offense was running. There was the turnovers. And nobody was moving. They just weren't clicking, and then they figured it out, and they primarily figured it out against man defense. Now they kind of have to go through the same process, and I think it's going to take a couple weeks of teams throwing these zone defenses at them until they finally feel comfortable and feel confident in their ability to beat them. Um, it's a weird thing. It's a really weird thing. Um, let's get some of the bad news out of the way first. Uh Evan Batty was one of six from the field. He did put up nine rebounds. um That's about all he did. Uh finished the game with five points. It was a rare tough outing. You know, he struggled against some of those bigs from Arizona State, as you'd expect. um some of those lankier, more athletic. Type bigs, and bulky too. Um, But obviously, Evan's as bulky as anybody. Um, One of the few times this season where he really hasn't played all that well. He's been one of the more consistent performers. Um, It's good to see that they're able to pull out a win even without him playing at his best. Um, You just hope you see it turn around Saturday against Arizona. It doesn't become a slump. Uh, Speaking of slumps, um, moving on to Deshaun Schwartz, who... Has now missed 10 straight three-pointers. Is still shooting above 40% from three this season, despite not making a three in any of the last three games. He's finding some ways to contribute offensively, even when he isn't shooting well. But he didn't find quite as many tonight as he did the first time around. Um, Or not the first time around, but last time out. So, again... uh, I'm not too worried about Deshaun. I, I do think that he's going to get it figured out here. It's The shots just aren't falling. It's not like things are drastically changing. He doesn't seem like a, the kind of guy who's going to lose confidence because of that. He's just going to keep taking good shots. Tad Boyle said the same thing. Tad didn't even realize that he'd gone two straight games without making a three and said the same thing. We just need to keep taking good shots. He needs to keep taking good shots, and they're going to start to fall. Um, if things don't change here quickly, then that's when maybe we can start to... Be concerned. As of now, though, it just happens. Sometimes you have a cold stretch. Um, moving on to McKinley Wright, who was outplayed by Remy Martin tonight. Um, I, I don't think that that's a stretch at all to say. Uh, McKinley was 4 of 15 from the field, 0 of 2 from 3, only 3 of 6 from the free throw line, put up 5 rebounds, 4 assists, had a steal, also turned the ball over 4 times. That uh, was good for 11 points. Um, meanwhile, Remy Martin from Arizona State, who has just been phenomenal to watch. Uh, he He's something special. He's so quick. Uh, he shoots the ball. He shot the ball a lot, especially late. He was kind of just throwing stuff up because that's what he was stuck doing. Uh, finished the game 9 of 23. 7 rebounds, 6 assists. Also 4 turnovers. Put up 25 points this uh, this team, this Arizona State team really just flows through him. Um, as you expect from a point guard. but it, it, if it, it seems like so much of what they want to do is just,, uh, let him go, let him do his thing. And when he does his thing, a lot of good things happen. Uh, again, th- this this isn't like a problem. Sometimes McKinley's going to have an off night. He still defended pretty well, I thought. Um, it's kind of crazy how many of these guys didn't play well, didn't shoot well, and Colorado still found a way to pull out a win. Um, Tyler Bay, 5 of 9, hit his only three-point attempt. It's 8 of 10 from the free-throw line. Eight rebounds, five assists, two steals, two blocks, only one turnover, 19 points. Obviously, he played well. Um yeah, uh, Shane Gatling also was pretty solid, 4 of 7. A couple little defensive mistakes, but nothing too big. Was also 2 of 4 from 3. Would love to see him get going, especially if Deshaun gets going here pretty soon. Um, then Lucas Seward, of course, who I mentioned earlier, scored so many points early on. He finished the night 4 of 6 from 3, put up 14 points. Um Did his job. He was the energy guy, came in off the bench, knocked down some shots, provided some scoring, which was definitely missing, and uh, it all worked out. It all did what it was supposed to do. When nobody else could get a bucket, he found a way to get a bucket. Uh, This wasn't one of the games when Colorado was just clicking. Uh, Everybody was open. Everybody was knocking down their shots. Everybody was moving well off together. It was a little bit ugly, especially early, uh, but This team is good enough to win games even when they aren't playing perfect basketball. Uh, Tonight was another example of that. Against Arizona, the margins are going to be just a little bit thinner. Uh, If they play like they did tonight, who knows? I think it's probably a toss up. You know, this effort was good enough to beat Arizona State by seven. Maybe it's good enough to beat Arizona by one. Maybe it's not. Um, That game again is 12 30 on Saturday. I think it's on Fox. Uh so uh I'll, we'll we'll talk more about that game tomorrow on Friday's show, uh what to watch for, what we expect to see, all that sort of stuff um so that you guys can listen to that before that game. Um and I kind of want to talk about what's going on around the Pac-12 because as I mentioned earlier, things went really well for Colorado today and it started with Oregon losing a game to Washington State, which is a major surprise. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, I want to tell you about our friends over at Mile High Green Cross. Um, as you know by now, that's only a block away from me. Uh, it's, it's great that it's just right there. Um, if you guys have any needs, this is the place to go. They have award-winning products. Um, they have really anything you could be looking for. CBD products, edibles, concentrates, cartridges. Um, you get one-on-one attention from one of their seasoned sales associates, not to mention they have great prices uh, on all their in-house products, $99 pre-pack ounces, you can get five uh, cartridges of hash oil for $100, and they have out-the-door pricing, so what you see is what you pay, and you can get 20% off your entire purchase once a month if you sign up for their loyalty program. So, that's a great deal. You should definitely check that out. It's at 9th and Broadway in Denver. Um, there's parking in the back. It's super convenient. You gotta do it. Okay. Um, time to talk a little bit more about the Pac-12. Like I said, good things happening for Colorado. Uh, as things stand now, and actually I just realized this USC-Cal game probably just ended while we were talking. Yep, so USC pulled it out. Um, I think you probably want to see Cal win that, but that's probably unrealistic. Um, so here's how things stack up right now. Stanford is in first in the Pac-12 at 4-0. Um, wins over Cal, Washington, Washington State, UCLA. So, I mean, those are probably three of the four Teams at the bottom of the Pac-12, uh, you could probably throw Utah in there too. Honestly, I don't know. Until Washington State beat Oregon tonight, I don't know. It, it, they haven't really played the, the top teams yet. And when they make the, I don't know, the Oregon road trip, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose two games. Even when the Oregon teams go to Northern California, uh, it's same thing. Um, so they're in first at 4-0. Colorado is right behind them at three and one. Uh, they're tied with USC at three and one. Again, this USC program—they're uh, 27th right now if you expand the rankings outside the top 25. So they're decent. They—they—they they, they could stick around. At the same time, there there's a reason Colorado got the preseason votes. There's a reason Colorado's actually in the top 25. They are the better school. USC, almost like Stanford, is kind of defying expectations. We'll see if that continues or, again, if that just drops off here pretty soon. Um, oh, I clicked on the wrong button. I want to click. There we go. USC, they've beaten Washington State. They lost to Washington 72-40, to 40. Um, beat UCLA, beat Cal, similar to Stanford. Just really haven't played those teams that you... Uh, Wanna wanna beat. They don't have many valuable wins. Um so that's how it is. Stanford 4-0, Colorado USC at 3-1. Then Oregon, after their loss tonight, drops to 3-2. Um that's what you want if you're Colorado. Those are those are probably the two teams you expect to see at the top at the end of the season. Colorado has that half-game lead. And also has the head to head advantage at the moment because of their win over Oregon. Again, they'll play again, so that might be neutralized. But if Colorado wins that game, then they're really in the driver's seat for the Pac 12 regular season title, the top spot in the tournament. Um, From there, you get into the two and two schools Arizona, who Colorado will play on Saturday, Cal, um, and then Washington, Oregon State, Washington State all at two and three, UCLA, Utah, Arizona State at one and three. Um, Still early. Still early. Good things happening for Colorado, though, so far, uh, especially today. Um, what else? Oh, uh, I believe we have a comment. I think we have a comment that I want to get to, um, and that's loading. While that loads, I should tell you that I just turned on this Nuggets game because it's in overtime. That's um, in overtime because Nikola Jokic hit a game-tying shot. He's, he's like, insane late. People don't realize how clutch he is. Uh. I don't think anybody else has more than one game winner this year. And he has three. He's perfect. Three from three on game winners. He's just magic and he doesn't get enough credit for that. Um, okay. Comments. Yes. One B mixer says, Washington scares me because they play zone and see does awful against a zone. Yeah. I-, I think that that's fair. Um, that could be one of those tough losses we see down the road. Um, it's, it's just so tough to beat every team you're supposed to beat. Uh, Colorado's already lost to a couple teams they should have beat in Northern Iowa and Oregon State. I think both those programs would say the same thing. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that now that they've had their two, there aren't going to be any more. Um, there probably will be. Uh, they'll probably drop that Oregon game on the road, which is expected. That's the way that probably should go but they could definitely drop the Washington game. They could definitely drop, you know, Stanford, USC games that they have the talent to win but don't. That's just the way basketball works. That's what happens when you play so many games. It's hard to focus on all of them. There's so many opportunities for fluky results with 30 games in a season. Washington is a good pick if you if you were trying to pick one game where Colorado is going to come out maybe not come out flat, but Be let down, be upset, and it's kind of tough to call going into Seattle and losing to Washington an upset, but it would be. Um, The zone is a problem. The zone is definitely a problem right now. Uh, You kind of just need to keep playing against it until you figure it out. I, I almost wonder if a bunch of it's still in their heads right now. They just feel like they can't beat a zone defense because they haven't been able to once they kind of find the rhythm, once they start thinking, okay, just got to make the shots. We're going to get open looks from the arc. That's the way this works. Got to knock those down, expe- extend the zone. Then all of a sudden there's a bunch of space inside and pull down the offensive rebounds. You know, do all those sorts of things. Right now they just look scared of it. They, they make it look like it's a whole different brand of basketball than anything they've ever seen. They make it look like it's not even the same sport. That That needs to change. They need to get used to it um because a lot of teams are going to keep throwing zone at him if they can't this offense is so good uh teams are so scared of it that just giving them an out saying if you play zone then sure you might give up a couple rebounds but it's going to work out better in the long run that's just such a waste uh needs to get cleaned up didn't really get cleaned up tonight um We'll see what happens against Arizona on Saturday. I'd expect to see uh, some zone for sure. Um, And I'd expect to see some zone in every game until they actually do put it all together. Um, I think that's going to do it for today. I'll be back tomorrow to talk about the Arizona game, maybe talk more about this once I have a chance to think more about it. Um... As always, you can leave your questions or your comments, your thoughts in the comment section on the post for today's show at thednvr.com, and I'll talk about them all tomorrow. Read them tomorrow. Um, Is there anything else? I don't think there was anything else I wanted to hit. Okay, I'll be back tomorrow. See you then.
0: I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag. Might not swear, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag yeah. is pushing 180, speed and pad, competence and see you later, baby. baby. Colorado on me with soldiers like the Navy, yeah. and voters where we station patiently awaiting. Whoa. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave, sure. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd too afraid, because uh-huh. you know we finna hit you. you, And you on your own now. Why you watching the official? You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. God. And we you're playing with till you can. I team. think they like my Colorado swag. cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. they get a bus with my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. my Colorado Sway, cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when i minute in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holla get a bus with my Colorado Sway, my Colorado Sway, my Colorado Sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado Sway, my Colorado Sway, my Colorado Sway. Mine, I swear, I think they like my Colorado Sway.